Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all here. Um, we're going to continue our series on the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, you can turn in your Bible to Matthew 4. We're going to look at Matthew 4, um, 12 through 25. And um, the book of Matthew, as I've mentioned before, it's, uh, it's Jesus' disciple Matthew writing to those who will read it to introduce them to Jesus. Um, and primarily, he's, he's got Jewish people in mind. As, as, you, as you see throughout his book, you see numerous um, references to the Old Testament and to all sorts of prophecies that Jesus fulfills. But, um, but really, anybody who's reading this, um, Matthew is inviting to know Jesus better, to, to know Jesus, the real Jesus, what it looks like to actually follow him. And so far, we've seen uh, in the last couple of weeks how Jesus was baptized and the heavens opened up and the spirit fell upon him and the father said, this is my son. And then last week we looked at how Jesus went out into the wilderness, led by the spirit to be tested and he proved himself as the obedient and faithful son of God. And now in this passage we're looking at today is basically Matthew starting to describe Jesus's public ministry. And basically this passage gives us a summary of the entire rest of the book. Um, there's kind of a summary statement in here where it talks about Jesus teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel and healing all sorts of people. And that's what you see Jesus doing throughout the rest of the book. So there's this kind of summary that Matthew gives here at the beginning. But we also see, as Matthew invites the first disciples to follow him, we also get a glimpse of what it looks like to actually follow Jesus, what that will look like. It gives us a better picture of what it means to follow him. So listen to God's word as I read from Matthew 4, starting verse 12, going to verse 25. Now when he had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people walking, dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us now as we think about your word. We pray that your spirit would open our eyes 
to see Jesus more clearly. Father, we pray that your spirit would soften our hearts to help us to understand what it means to follow him. We pray that you would work by your power now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I was driving down a fairly dark road. We, my friends and I had come up to Dover. I, I, when I was in high school, I lived about 40 minutes south of here. And, uh, and we had driven up to Dover to visit some other kids, some other friends of ours. And, and I'd never been to Dover. Dover seemed like it was like, you know, the, just the, the far reaches of the universe for me. I had no, you know, I had no idea what the, what the lay of the land was like and everything. And so it was time to go home. I didn't really quite know how to go. And so this one kid was like, you know, follow me. It's, it's easy. It's simple. It's not complicated. Just follow me. I'll get you back to the road that you need to get on, you know, to get home. Just follow me. And, uh, and he, you know, those were his words to me. And I got in my car and I started following him, this little beat up old red sedan that he was driving. And so I'm following him, I'm following him. And, and as we're going, I'm like, every tree that we passed looked more unfamiliar than the last one. And every house or building looked more unfamiliar. And I was like, do I really trust this person to lead me where I need to go? This, I have no idea where this person is taking me. When you follow somebody, you're really at their mercy, right? You have to trust them to take you where you need to go. And, and I was just like, as, as every minute passed, I was, I was getting less trustful and less trustful. And I was like, I don't think he's taking me where I need to go. Um, and finally, we got to this fork in the road and there were some lights in this direction. He was gonna go this way and I just peeled off and went the other way. And it was kind of a mistake because I totally got lost. But eventually, after a long time of just continuing to drive, I finally found what I needed to find and I finally found my way home. But that's what happens. When you follow somebody, you're, follow somebody, you're at their mercy, you know, and uh, sometimes you don't really know exactly where they're taking you, even though they might. Jesus gives the same basic command to four fishermen here in this passage, right? He says, follow me. Follow me. Simple command. Um, and now from reading the other Gospels, you know that, that Simon and Andrew, uh, James and John, had more information. You know, they, Jesus didn't just walk up to them right now and say, follow me. They, they'd seen miracles, they'd heard about him, and they'd heard him teach. And, and so this wasn't that, like, spur of the moment, but he says, follow me. And what do they do? They, they do this incredibly bold, radical thing, and they make this decisive break with their lives, and they leave their nets, and they leave their boats, and then they leave, leave their father, the sons of Zebedee, leave their father, to follow him. And what Jesus is doing when he says, follow me, he's saying, I want you guys to learn from me. I want you guys to, to be my disciples. I'm going to teach you what life is about. And, uh, but, but literally, he's also asking them to physically follow him, right? To go wherever he goes, to go wherever he leads. And even though they had no idea where that was going to be, and yet they do it. They trust him. They follow him, no matter where that's going to take them. Um, and I think right up front, as, as Matthew puts this in you know, the, the fourth chapter here of his book, he's inviting every single person who reads this to follow Jesus as well, to trust him, to make a, a radical break with you know, our commitment to our life and to say, Jesus, I'm going to go wherever you lead. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to learn from you, even though I don't, I'm not sure exactly where that might take me. And I, I imagine that, that pretty much... Most people here this morning have made that decision at some point in your life that you've said, I'm going to follow Jesus. That's why you're here. I'm going to follow Jesus. But maybe you've been following him for a number of years and, and you're like, um, and you, you don't even think about it. You know, you're not even thinking about it. Am I really following him or not? 
or maybe you're following him and you're, and you're, you're wondering yourself, am, am I really following him? Is this what life should look like as I follow Jesus? Maybe some of you have, have been following him, you've, you've chosen to follow him, but then you've kind of come to a point in your life and you're like, I don't know, I, I, is he really re- leading me to where I want to go? And you've kind of, like I did, kind of peeled off and you're like, I'm going to just kind of figure it out on my own. Um, maybe you're here and you're kind of deciding, you've, you've never really made that decision. You're like, I'm, I'm not sure, should I follow Jesus? What would that life look like? And I think what we have here in this passage is some, some glimpses, some clues to what life following Jesus looks like, okay? So if you're not sure if you are, you, you can compare it to this. Um, if you're not sure if you want to, you can compare it to this. Um, but it's an invitation for, from Jesus to, to follow him, the real Jesus here. Um, so what does he tell us? What, what do we learn here about what it looks like to follow Jesus? Where is he going to lead us? Okay. If you're looking at the outline, if you've looked at the outline in the bulletin, um, I'm going to switch a couple of the points. I'm going to start with point two and then go to point one and three. So don't get confused. But the first thing I want to talk about is how if we're going to follow Jesus, he's going to lead us toward people. He's going to lead us toward people. Okay, think about this for a second. Jesus has come. He is the son of God. He is, the, he is God in the flesh. And he has come to accomplish something crucial, something big, something incredible. He's come in, in order to, as he says, to proclaim the gospel, but also to accomplish the gospel, the good news. He has come in order to live a perfect life and then to die as a, as a sacrifice for those who would trust in him that we might experience forgiveness. And he's come to rise from the dead. He's come to do all of these things. In my, uh, in my mind, he doesn't necessarily need others to help him do this. He could do this all on his own if he wanted to. He could come and he could die without the help of others. In fact, gathering others to him to like be with him and to help him um, might make life a little less efficient they might kind of work at odds with what he's trying to accomplish. And we see that happening with his disciples at some points, right? And yet right here at the very beginning, Jesus immediately moves towards people and he invites these disciples to to come and to be with him, to know him, to be his friends. I mean, three of these guys come to be his closest friends, right? Um, Jesus isn't purely worried about the thing that he has to accomplish, but he wants to build a relationship with people. He appreciates people. He loves people, right? And so he's moving towards people. And so if if we're gonna follow him, he's going to lead us towards people, towards investing in people, investing in relationships, investing in friendships. Um, He's gonna move us towards people to to be known by them, to actually work at getting to know them. Um, if, if, if people were important to Jesus and we are following him, then they should be important to us, right? And not only that, he, what is the first thing he says to, to Peter and Andrew? He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? His desire for his disciples is that they would move towards people, that they would move towards people in order to share the good news with them, in order to claim them for the kingdom of God. And so this should be, a, if we're following Jesus, this should absolutely be a priority of our lives, that we're thinking about how we can move towards others to know them, to build relationships with them, to build friendships with them. 
in spite of the fact that people at times can make life more uh, inefficient, right? They can get in the way of some things that we'd like to do. Um, Jesus wants us to move towards people and, and make that a priority. If we're going to follow him, we should be moving towards people. But, but what gets more uncomfortable is, is what Jesus will lead us into. I think as we're following Jesus, he will lead us into the dark. Now, why do I say that? At the beginning of this passage, Matthew quotes Isaiah 9. We read it earlier, and then we read the quotation here, right, where he talks about the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Why does he make reference to this passage? What, what is important about Zebulun and Naphtali? What is important about Galilee? Well, these areas are, are in the northern part of Israel, okay? And back in the 700s BC, the northern part of Israel was conquered by Assyria, and many people were deported, were taken out of Israel, and then they, they um, brought foreigners in to live in that part of the country. That's what Assyria did. And so that area, that land, was full of many, many foreigners, many, many Gentiles, right? It says Galilee of the Gentiles. And the Jewish people that were living there, even though they may have been Jewish in name, a lot of them were, were probably more pagan than Jewish. And so from the people's standpoint in the south, the people in Judah, the people around Jerusalem, as they thought about these people in the north, well, they'd actually rather not think about those people. Those people are living in the dark. They're clueless. They're ignorant. They don't know God like we know God. They don't know God at all. They're living in the dark. I'd just rather not even think about them. You know, they're unworthy. They're undeserving. Um, do you guys have any places, as you think about cleaning your house, do you have any places in your home that are kind of maybe like more in the dark corners that you don't necessarily get to? You know, you'd rather just not, they're kind of maybe hard to get to. Maybe they're behind something that's heavy, so it's hard to move that and deal with it. You know, we have this space in our kitchen where the, the oven is, you know, there's a, there's a little crack between the counter and the oven, and all sorts of stuff is falling down there all the time, you know? And I shudder to think about what is in there. You know, what is living in there. There's probably things alive in there, and I'd, I'd rather not even think about that, that dark space in between the oven and the counter. Um, that's Galilee. You know, the people in Judah and Jerusalem, they'd rather not think about those people. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want to go there. You know, let's kind of stay here. It's, it's clean, it's safe, it's, and everything. And, and, and what does Jesus do at the very beginning of his ministry? He goes to Galilee. When he hears that John has been arrested, where does he go? He withdraws into Galilee, into the darkness, towards the people that everybody else would rather not think about. That's where he goes. He goes, to the people, he goes to the people that everybody else thought were less than. That's where he goes. He goes into the dark. And I would just ask you this. As you think about following Jesus, that is where he's going to lead you as well. Um, are there people in your life that you'd rather not deal with? That you'd rather not think about? That you'd rather not interact with? In our small group last week, we were talking about how every single person in the world is made in the image of God and we should treat them that way with real value and significance and importance. And yet the question, one of the questions that, that we thought about was, was this, are there people in your life that, that you have trouble actually recognizing that they are made in the image of God and treating them that way? These are the people that Jesus would lead you toward to love. The people that you'd rather not deal with. You'd rather just leave them in the dark crack in the kitchen, you know? 
that is where Jesus is going to lead you. That's where he led his disciples. Actually picked up some of his disciples in that very crack, in that darkness, right? Lastly, for those first men who followed Jesus, they would have been right, led, right, led by Jesus right alongside those who are hurting. They would have been led right alongside those who are hurting. Starting in verse 23, it says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. So can you imagine this? As Jesus begins healing people, what happens? He, he's, he's healing every disease, every affliction. His fame spreads. People start hearing about him. They start bringing more people, right? Many of us are, are probably very familiar with the sight nowadays of a long line at a medical facility, you know, as we've had to get tested or, you know, see doctors for different reasons. That you, you drive by places and you see lines that are incredibly long. And I imagine... There was, you know, something similar happening as Jesus, as people heard, hear about this man, Jesus, who is healing everything. There's this massive line of people. And that's where Jesus leads his disciples to watch him just over and over and over again heal these people, care for these people, these people who are needy, these people, again, and somewhat into the darkness, people that, that kind of are ostracized from the rest of, of, the, of the culture of the community because of their sicknesses. He brings them right alongside those who are needy, those who need compassion, those who, who need to, to be, to be uh, wept with, right? And this is where Jesus will lead you and me if we are going to follow him. He's going to lead us all toward a life of compassion for those who are in pain. A life of compassion for those who are in pain. Toward becoming the sort of person who is able to bring comfort and healing to those who suffer. Because there's a lot more to healing than just being physically healed, right? It's being seen. Knowing that somebody's with you, right? Knowing that somebody cares about you. Following Jesus will, will teach you to be present with people and to listen to them and to empathize with them. And I said before, to weep with them, to weep with them in their pain. And this is where Jesus will lead us. He'll lead us, you know, one of the things that, that I've mentioned before um, that you see over and over again is, is that Jesus uh, sees people he sees people, and if we follow him, can you imagine the disciples as they follow Jesus, their eyes are going to be open to see people in a new way and to have compassion that they didn't before as they continue following Jesus and they continue seeing Jesus see people who are hurting and care for people who are hurting and stop for people who are hurting. So this is where Jesus will lead us. This is the kind of life Jesus will lead us. Is that, is, does your life look a little bit like that? Are you, uh, are you moving towards people or moving away from them? Are you moving towards those who you'd rather not, you'd rather leave in the dark? Are you growing in your ability to see people's hurt and pain and to, to sit with them in it 
and to be compassionate. These are the things that Jesus will lead you toward if you are following him. If you're following him, this is what Jesus will lead you toward. But there's one other thing that I think it's crucial to see, that if we are following Jesus, this is what we will see. You know, the disciples saw him moving towards people. The, the disciples saw him moving about in the dark. The disciples saw him moving right alongside those who were hurting. But think about what else the disciples saw. The disciples saw as he moved towards people, the disciples saw Jesus care about those people and love them. They saw what it's like to love as they saw Jesus interact with people, right? As they saw Jesus move about in the darkness, what else did they see? They saw a light, right? That, that passage that he quoted, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. What they saw as Jesus walked around in the, in the darkness was not just a bunch of people walking in darkness. They saw Jesus shining brightly as he proclaimed the truth, as he proclaimed freedom for those people, as he loved them. They, they saw light as they looked at Jesus and followed him. That must have been amazing. And, and as they saw Jesus move alongside those who were sick and hurting, what did they see? They saw Jesus' power healing every single one of them. Every single one of them, he healed them. They saw the power of God at work. That's what they got to see as they followed Jesus. I remember um, watching a video of a, of a little kid who was born um, with, with very little hearing. Maybe you guys have seen videos like this before, but they, they, it shows the, the child um, being given hearing aids for the first time, and, and, and they put these hearing aids in this kid's ears, and the expression on this child's face is just amazing. There's just wonder and awe and joy at what they're suddenly discovering. The disciples got to see that expression over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know how many people Jesus healed right here, but it does say all of the sick in the region. The disciples got to see the beauty of Jesus' power and his compassion, miracle after miracle. And lastly, the disciples, as they watched Jesus, as they watched Jesus, especially as they watched Jesus heal these people, what did they watch? They, they watched him, watch him sacrifice himself. Can you imagine how exhausting that must have been for him? Can you imagine how exhausting that must have been for Jesus as he healed person after person? After, after, after the, the line looks like it's getting short and then they bring more people. How exhausting must have that have been for Jesus? He was a man. He, was, he spent himself in order to make people whole. And they got to see that as well. Peter and Andrew and James and John got to see that. Jesus just not caring about himself and his own safety, but laying it down for those that he came to heal and love. And they would watch him do that as they continued to follow him. They would watch him do those things over and over and over again until they watched him do it up, up, right up to the, to the end of his earthly life as he died on the cross. 
sacrificing himself, spending himself to make those who would trust in him whole. What the disciples got to see as they followed Jesus, they, they saw a man who moved towards people, who was willing to go into the dark, who, who, was, who was moved right alongside the hurting, but they, but they saw someone who was magnificent and glorious and beautiful. And that's where following Jesus will lead us. First and last, it will lead us to worship him. To be captivated by his glory and his beauty. The glory and the beauty that, that, that we find even as he does these things to us, as he moves towards us in love, as he reaches into the darkness in order to rescue us, as he lays down his own life that we might be forgiven and restored to God, that he, that he, that he demonstrates his power to give us life. And so that's where, lead, that's where Jesus will lead us. He will lead us to, to live a different life, to love people differently, but first and foremost, he's gonna lead us towards, towards lives of worship where, we, where we, we, we simply just admire and adore the king in all his beauty. Is this where you're going right now? Is, are you following Jesus? Have you seen his glory? Are you seeing it? Are you following him as he moves towards people, as he has compassion on them? Have you thought about that? Let's sit in his presence and worship him now as we pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the invitation to follow him, to be able to witness his power and his glory, to be able to witness his love and his compassion, to be able to witness his courage. Father, we pray that you would help us all, that you would move us in our hearts, that we would all grow in our love for Jesus, that our lives might be changed as we worship him. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We now have an opportunity to worship Jesus at the Lord's table for all that he is, all that he has done. And uh, as we do that, we're going to confess our sin together. But before we do that, um, if you did not receive the communion elements when we walked in, hopefully you, you grabbed the communion elements when you walked in. If you did not get them, and you would like to partake of communion, please raise your hand and we will have an usher bring them over to you. Anybody need them? You got them? Thanks, Andy. Andy will get them. Just raise your hand when he comes back to the room and he'll, he'll get, them, get them for you, okay? Um, and as we prepare to meet Jesus and to worship him, he's back. If anybody needs it, raise their hand. As we, as we prepare to worship Jesus, let's confess our sin together. Let's confess our, the darkness of our own hearts. Let's confess our need for his healing and his forgiveness with the prayer that's printed in your order of worship. Let's pray together. Everlasting God, fountain of all life and the true home of every heart, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Yet we confess that our hearts have been enslaved by selfishness. We have sought after many things and have neglected the one thing we need. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. Loving Father, who alone can fill our deepest longings and quiet our restless hearts, help us to turn to you and find forgiveness. Lead us home that we may again find in you our life and joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, we now take a moment in the silence to privately confess our sin to you.